Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to a mini-episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies, brought to you by FilmDivided.com. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to bridge the gap between our Blade and Hellboy episodes. On today's show, I'll give you my reactions to the comics that Seven James recommended on last week's podcast. Those were Blade, Undead Again, and Welcome Back to the House of Mystery. But before any of that, let's take a look at some of the comic book movie news that has broken over the past week. Okay, it was a busy week this week for news, and we'll kick things off with the trailer for Preacher. AMC debuted the trailer for Preacher during The Walking Dead this last weekend, and um, as a complete newcomer to the property, it looked pretty good to me. Uh, We mostly get to watch Dominic Cooper trying out his best Southern American accent with glimpses at many of the additional members of the cast. Uh, Joe Gilgan probably gets the most attention otherwise. Uh, He does some fine eyebrow acting and gives Cooper a run for his money with his thick Irish accent in a single line delivered at the end of the trailer. It looks to have been cut to appeal specifically to Walking Dead fans, Ah, so there's like dollops of bleakness and bloody violence in there, but there's also a hint of humour as well, which is encouraging. We'll definitely be discussing this more on next week's full podcast with Seven James. Doctor Strange is shaping up to have one hell of a cast, with Michael Stuhlbarg, the latest actor in talks to join Scott Derrickson's movie. The actor may still be best known for his lead role in A Serious Man, but he has a habit of being the best thing in anything he appears in, basically. Um, Even though that would be a pretty tough task here in a cast that looks like it's going to be starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Tilda Swinton, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Mads Mikkelsen, and Rachel McAdams. Birth Movies Death are speculating that Stuhlbarg will be playing the role of Nicodemus West, who is a fellow surgeon who looks up to Strange and performs the surgery on his hands following his accident. Uh, They also seem fairly certain that McAdams will be playing Night Nurse, and that that all points towards the Doctor Strange miniseries The Oath serving as an inspiration for this origin story. More casting news, but over at DC, Nicole Kidman is in talks to join Wonder Woman, according to The Wrap. While no deal is yet in place, uh, with Kidman's upcoming schedule apparently a potential stumbling block... If things do work out, though, it sounds like the Aussie actress would be playing their role of a high-ranking Amazonian warrior. Uh, The rap make the logical leap that that means she'd be playing Hippolyta, the queen of the Amazons, and biological mother of Gal Gadot's Diana Prince. 
Uh, despite other casting rumours that we've mentioned on the podcast recently, uh, Godot and Chris Pine are still the only cast members confirmed to appear as of yet. Empire Magazine ran a Suicide Squad cover story this month, and we now know a little bit more about that movie. Um, It sounds like on the team itself, Katana is going to be the only volunteer, so she's not got a little bomb in her brain. She'll be serving as Rick Flagg's bodyguard, while Killer Croc will apparently be providing some grisly comic relief. It was confirmed in the piece that Cara Delevingne's Enchantress will not be part of the squad itself, but that her powers will attract the attention of Amanda Waller. And as for Amanda Waller, David Ayer heavily hints in the piece that whoever the squad go up against in the movie, she is truly the big bad. And finally, on the Joker, Ayer has described Jared Leto's take on the character as, quote, more social, a very successful and smart businessman, despite being a sociopath. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the all-powerful Lord Miller, are attempting to bring the greatest American hero back to our screens, and they have now received a pilot commitment from Fox to do so. The comedy drama originally aired in 1981 and followed a schoolteacher who had a super-powered suit powered by extraterrestrials, only he lost the instructions, so he had to learn to use it and its different powers on a weekly basis. The new pilot will be directed by Dope director Rick Famuyiwa. From Fox TV to Fox Studios, and now lots of movies undergo reshoots, and the X-Men movies are no exception. Don't believe me? Just watch back the Quicksilver scenes in Days of Future Past. Um, X-Men Apocalypse will be going back in front of cameras in Montreal in January for reshoots, and it is being rumoured that Hugh Jackman will be taking part in those rumours. Uh, If that is the case, then it means that Apocalypse will in fact not be the first film in the franchise to be Wolverine-less, which is no great surprise, frankly. Um, Also of note, director Brian Singer has told us to watch out for the first teaser trailer, which will be dropping soon. More casting now, and French-Canadian actress Pomme Clementif, who just has a fantastic name, has been cast in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in an unknown role. Uh, Clementine's best-known work prior to this was probably in Spike Lee's Old Boy remake, but she's worked a lot in French cinema. Uh, Marvel were apparently specifically serving for an Asian actress, and so Clementine's casting has led some online to speculate she'll be playing the character of Mantis. In reporting the story, Variety also suggested that Marvel had gone after Matthew McConaughey for the film's villain, but that he'd turned them down. Now, that is a shame if true, but... It also has to hint that Star-Lord's father is the villain the second time around, right? And finally, mark this down as firmly a rumour for now, but there is internet chatter about the possibility of Netflix mixing up their Defenders lineup. Now, the original plan was for the site to debut Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage and Iron Fist series before the characters united for a Defenders miniseries. But we've already seen the flexibility in that plan with the addition of a second Daredevil season. The rumour currently circulating is suggesting that Iron Fist will no longer be part of that setup, with John Bernthal's Punisher replacing him in the Defenders, and that instead Iron Fist would be the basis of a Netflix-exclusive movie instead. We're sceptical, and this kind of brings to mind the rumours that Inhumans was being shelved recently as well, which seems not to be the case as, as far as we know. Uh, but it's definitely worth keeping an eye on, because it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Okay, let's move on now to discussing this week's comic book recommendations. 
Um, and we'll start off with James's recommendation, which was Blade Undead Again. Now, this is from the 2006 run of Blade comics uh, from Mark Guggenheim and Howard Chaikin. And if uh, my Marvel Unlimited app is to be believed, this series ran for 12 issues, uh, but Undead Again is just the first volume, so it's the first six issues uh, that James has recommended me. And um, this uh, this basically follows uh, Blade, the a character who seems to have been redesigned to resemble the Wesley Snipes version from the movies a little bit more. Um, but he still has here his origin story of being born in a brothel in um, Soho in England, um, but moved to America uh, eventually, and is kind of going around America hunting vampires. He is a vampire himself, and um, the setup is very, very similar to the movie in terms of just basically what Blade goes around doing uh, and his means of doing so. This uh, this is a series that features lots of different Marvel characters. The the first issue um, features Shield and it features Spider Man. Um, there is a an out the run the story in the second issue, which features Blade doing some work for Doctor Doom, which involves him traveling through time. Um, Wolverine shows up in the one issue that is a Civil War crossover. Um, uh, Maria Hill is in that issue as well, so lots more Shield. But the main narrative that's running through these six issues, and while it does kind of flash off for different stories of the week throughout this, um, is kind of like a flashback to Blade's origins. Um, And so we kind of watch him learning to fight vampires for the first time as a child, um, and that also relates back to the relationship that he has with his mother and um, who his father might be. Um, and now there's some fairly clunky storytelling here um, about <laughs> how Blade and his father come to meet. Now, so they actually have a showdown in the sixth issue because, like in the movie, there is a vampire prophecy that has something to do with Blade and his father. And his father is keen, for some reason, that doesn't become clear in these six issues to make sure that that prophecy actually does come to pass. Now... In the second issue, Doctor Doom sends Blade back in time to save Doctor Doom's mother in a Latverian prison. And Doctor Doom's mother is a gypsy woman who kind of has seen the future and sees Blade coming. And uh, they have to team up together and Blade goes through a conundrum of does he kill Doom's mother to stop Doom from ever existing but doesn't because of uh, uh, narrative convenience. And... um, In that prison, Blade needs the help of a prisoner to get to Doom's mother and so helps that prisoner escape. Um, Fairly clunkily, it's hinted and confirmed that that character is in fact Blade's father and Blade is meeting his father years in the past. There's also a line of of dialogue in the next issue where um, Blade's mother says to Blade in a flashback scene, Oh, your father's in a Latverian prison! So there's really no question of who this guy is. And in the present day, we see that he's a uh, powerful US politician. Um, I don't actually know where all that's going because that doesn't resolve itself within six issues. And frankly... It's not that interesting. It's kind of the same thing as the film. Like, it's a it's a vampire prophecy. And it's just words on a 
page and it, it it's very difficult to get invested in. Um, in fact, I would say that this comic probably has a lot of the problems that the movie does in that mostly all Blade can do is go around fighting vampires and killing vampires and they are, by and large, fairly disposable and it's just, it, it, it can become fairly tiresome to just watch page after page of Blade fighting different vampires. Um, and so the series, I, I think, does try and mix it up. Obviously, there's that time travel narrative that I mentioned with Doctor Doom, which um, honestly wasn't very good. Um, the the issue with Wolverine is fine, but it seems like a just a like a one week. Ah, how can we tie into Civil War? Ah, we'll we'll put Wolverine and Blade up against each other, but really we won't. And they find a they do find a fun way of writing. Uh, Wolverine into Blade's origin, kind of. Um, but the the best issue, as far as I was concerned, was a fairly self-contained issue where Blade has gone off the map. He's gone into hiding, and um, he's in this small town. It's around Christmas time, and there is like a shopping mall Santa who Blade senses something strange about, um, and it turns out he has a demon in him, and this demon can basically jump into anyone with a soul. And that means that he can't jump into Blade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Because Blade is a vampire and doesn't have a soul, but he can put himself into like this shopping mall Santa and the girl that is sat on his lap and the cop that comes in to try and calm everything down and it's really grisly and it's different from just the standard vampire after vampire that is in the rest of the series um, and uh, yeah it's, it just serves as a really good solid single issue um, about you know where, with Blade taking on a supernatural villain by and large, though, these six issues, and I mean, I, I did say that this doesn't really resolve any of the Blade and his father plot, and given that I'm assuming this series was cancelled after 12 issues, I don't know whether it would eventually, um, but I'm just not that, I'm not, I'm just not intrigued enough to read issue seven, even though it's right there on Marvel Unlimited. And that mainly comes down to what my what I thought was the main appeal of the Blade movies was Wesley Snipes. And Snipes is really cool and looks really cool. And um, even if all of the vampire stuff around him is pretty generic, he's a cool-ass movie star and I could watch him all day. Blade isn't cool in these comics. He... I, I don't know whether it's the way he's drawn. He, 
it's just very difficult to think oh there is anything that actually defines this character character wise or personality wise there's no, there's nothing that seems badass about him beyond the idea that he is a vampire hunting other vampires he just doesn't have that genus equa that Wesley Snipes does and for me that meant that the the character just didn't really work on the page I didn't I didn't particularly enjoy his interactions with the rest of the Marvel Universe. In fact, I generally found them to be a bit of a distraction. The Spider-Man cameo in the first issue I thought was fairly unpleasant and the Doctor Doom stuff was pretty silly. Um, so yeah, um, while, I'm, while I think this probably has the same problems of the mo- as, as the movie, I, it may in fact be less a lot less successful as far as I'm concerned than the movie um, and I can see what Seven James mean about the character not really working on the page um, I don't think necessarily that he couldn't ever work on the page it's just that he he doesn't seem to do so for me here um, and yeah so um, a, a mild thumbs down for Blade undead again we'll move on now to Seb's recommendation which is House of Mystery or Welcome Back to the House of Mystery, um, which is uh, basically a collection of stories from various writers and artists which originally showed up in the pages of the DC um, Vertigo comics, um, House of Mystery and Plop. Uh, I think eight of the ten stories are from House of Mystery and two are from Plop. Uh, There is a framing story um, featuring the character of Kane, who seems to be the character who told all of the stories in the House of Mystery comics, uh, and that's written by Neil Gaiman and drawn by Sergio Aragones. Um, I think Seb mentioned last week that those... um, that Sergio Aragones was a Mad Magazine um, uh, artist, and that that definitely comes across here. Um, And so the... After the framing device, which introduces Kane and kind of gives you a bit of context of horror comics and what House of Mystery was and what Plop was and how Kane is going to be guiding you through this story, we get these um, we get these these ten stories and it, it's spread over like ninety two pages, I think. So like, I guess the the length of about four comics. Um, the the first um and I'll I'll just run through each of these one at a time and kind of I, I guess that's probably the the only way I really can talk about them. Um all of these stories are they're definitely horror stories that are aimed at children. So they're not grisly, but they have kind of they they they're yeah, they're not grisly or X rated, they're just a little bit a little bit troubling. Um I can I can I could fully imagine reading uh, a comic like this back when I was primary school age kind of um, as something that would creep me out but maybe not terrify me um, they're, they're all good fun basically so the the first comic uh, the first story is called The Gourmet and that is about this uh, basically really greedy guy who is really into eating frog's legs and um, he is into doing that until a lot of frogs on crutches attack him and basically um, it looks like they eat his legs and turn him into some like frog-like creature. Um, there's an issue, There's a com- uh, the next story is called Snow Fun, that is about a, uh, a guy who murders his partner so he can be the first guy to discover this new civilization that exists under the ice in Antarctica. 
um, except when he's taken down there, he when he arrives, he falls under the into this uh, civilization, meets the people down there, and unbeknownst to him, kind of is there for a lot longer than he realizes and transforms into a creature like them. Um, so when he does eventually escape, he melts. Um, there's one called uh, Nightmare, where a young girl um, who's lonely forms a relationship with um, Pan, who's a little fawn, um, and um, she goes off to this um, other world with Pan, and um, it's unclear whether it's just her dreaming or whether she actually has done this, and, and things get pretty scary when she goes into a, an area of the world that she d- shouldn't do. Um, eventually she wakes up and is told that it was just all a fever dream, basically, except as a hint that it wasn't. Um, there's the secret of the Egyptian cat about um, an old Egyptian woman who was turned into a cat um, and eventually turns the tables on her captor and turns him into a mouse. Um, there is the House of Endless Years about some kids that break into the House of Mystery. Um, in fact, it may not be the House of Mystery, but they uh, they break into this old house and find this old woman there um, and they find actually that anyone who enters the house for any significant of time ages really fast and so these children age into um, old age people pretty quickly. Um, uh, potentially my favourite was the next one called The Demon Within. Um, about a young boy who uh, figures out he has the power to transform into this little grotesque, little um, mischievous demon character who it, he basically just runs around as this demon, um, frightening people and being a little, just like a naughty kid basically, but with the ability to turn into um, into this grotesque demon-like character. Um, and his parents are horrified because it kind of brings shame on their family. And they eventually lobotomize him. Um, yeah, that was my favourite. Uh, <laughs> there is The Burning, about a man who kind of is discovered by this witch. And he has amnesia. And the witch takes him in and cares for him. But he kind of rejects her. Um, and ultimately... Um, conspires to have her killed by the rest of the villagers and burned alive um, except when that happens the witch decides to send him back to his original form and it turns out he was just a scarecrow in the first place who she brought to life um, there is his name is Cain which is um, <laughs> about um, a comic book artist called um, Gil Kane who um, is um, sucked into his own artwork and eventually becomes trapped there. Um, then there is, um, Oh mom, oh dad, you sent me away to summer camp and I'm so sad. Um, about a kid in a wheelchair who goes to summer camp and um, is terrified because the rest of the kids start murdering the counsellors and the rest of the kids say, no, no, it's fine, they're actually evil aliens, you should just let us do this. Um, and eventually the kid confides in the counsellor and says, look, I'm scared as well, this is what the other kids are doing. Except it turns out that the counsellors are evil aliens, and eventually they whisk around, they whisk away the entire summer camp into space under a giant dome. Um, there is Moulded in Evil, about a guy who uh, can sculpt characters out of clay who actually come to life, except his wife keeps destroying them, so he turns his wife into a gargoyle. Uh, she then comes back to life and kills him as well. So those are all the stories. Um, they're, they're, um, 
I mean, they're they're largely really fun, and there's there is a kind of tales of the unexpected vibe to them. Some of them have twist endings, but they just seem to just like turn up like in the space of a panel. Here's the twist ending. Um, so it's not like it's not like any subversion. It's just like here's a story, here's a story, and oh, you didn't see that coming. Um, but similarly, there are also stories in here which just kind of go, hey, like the one with the kids going into the house. It's like it's it's pretty well established that the kids going into the house are going to age, and then they do. It isn't something that I could see myself going, oh, I really want to go back and read all of the tales of mystery, especially given that these are probably some of the best ones that have been picked out to be read here, uh, because it does seem like something that's been pitched at a lot a, a lot younger an audience. Um, but I did enjoy this, that they were all fun. Like I said, I think my favourite one was about the kid who could turn himself into a little demon just because it seemed like there was... There was more of a like parenting metaphor in there that I uh, that I found <laughs> that I found quite funny um, and and really dark and twisted. I mean, it doesn't get worse than in in these stories. It doesn't get darker than hey, my parents think I'm naughty, so they lobotomized me. That's pretty grim, <laughs> but it's um, it's uh, it's fun and twisted in in just the right kind of way. Um, so yeah, um, I, I definitely preferred this this look back at horror comics more than I did actually reading Blade comics themselves. Um, so I would recommend if you can get your hands on it, it's quite difficult. I had uh, the help of Seb to do so, but Welcome Back to the House of Mystery is a really fun horror comic um, that, yeah, has definitely shed some light on the history of horror comics, not least because it does some explaining of their context in the comic itself, which is very helpful. But that is it for this week. Don't forget that the next episode of Cinematic Universe will be covering Hellboy. And we'll also be joined by a special guest for that one as well. Um, if you're enjoying the show, then please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM or your podcast app of choice. And if you've already subscribed, then please leave us a rating or review and we'll give you a shout out on a future show. You can find episodes of Cinematic Universe on cinematicuniverse.libsyn.com or as we're a Film Divider podcast at filmdivider.com. You can get in touch via Facebook, on Twitter, at CU underscore podcast, or send us an email to cinematicuniversepod at gmail.com. See you next week.